Welcome to Vibrant Visionary Season 2, Episode 49. My name is Heidi Bennett, and we are closing out 2020. Happy to do so. <laughs> I've got this episode and one more episode. Then I'm actually going to take a break in January and February. So I'll be back in March 2021 with exciting new conversations with compassionate, clever, interesting, super creative folks. And we'll continue our Parks and Rec we-watch, we <laughs> rewatch. So today's guest is Bridget Gelms from the wonderful Radaptations podcast. She's back. Last time she was here, we were discussing Season 2, Episode 4, Practice Date. And today is a perfect companion to Practice Date. It's Season 2, Episode 13, The Setup. And this is the one where Leslie is set up with Will Arnett, a.k.a. Chris, and he is a MRI technologist. We also get guest appearances by Justin Thoreau, and then Ben Schwartz debuting his wonderful, fast-talking character, Jean-Ralphio. <laughs> I wanted to shout out Angie up in Portland. She wrote in, hey, buddy, hey, Angie, I miss you. I can't wait to see you again. Angie wrote in to tell us what a Jaeger secret was, that a Jaegermeister means master hunter in German, or a high-ranking official of the hunt. So Jaeger secret is a hunting secret, like something that happens between bros when they are hunting. So that is what the Jaeger secret is. And that sounds pretty on brand for old Ron Swanson. It was awesome to have Bridget back to discuss this. She's my final guest for 2020. Next episode that drops, episode 50, do, 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 do. <laughs> celebrating 50 episodes of Vibrant Visionaries. That one, I will be sharing some recommendations of some of my favorite podcasts, films, and other streaming good stuff, even a few YouTube recommendations. I'm emphasizing things that are soothing and calming and stuff that I think that in midwinter you will really enjoy. Before we get into the show, I wanted to shout out and say a special thanks to David Smith for editing so many episodes this year of the podcast, including this one. I wanted to shout out my husband, Brian. Brian, you've been just a wonderful, supportive person to be sequestered in quarantine with, and I love you so much. I wanted to thank everybody over on Patreon. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Tierney, Samantha, Carrie, Jennifer, Betty Turbo, a.k.a. Agnes, Corey, Chris, the other Chris, Curtis, Robert, Rick, Julia, Tom, Larry, and Alice. Thank you all so much. You make it so that I can do what I do. I've got some new interesting tiers, so check out Patreon if you want to stay connected, especially over the next couple of months with me. Lots of interesting tiers. We've even got some creative cohorts in there and some self-care goodie boxes. They're seasonal gift boxes that you can subscribe to that I think, you know, if you want to dedicate some good self-care and compassion in the new year, check out the Donna Meagle 
and the Tom and Donna. Those are awesome. But there's a huge wide range of Patreon options, and that is the way to stay stay connected and support the podcast and me. And I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And on with the show. What is your ideal man? He has the brains of George Clooney in the body of Joe Biden. All right, Bridget Gelms is back, professor by day, podcaster by night. <laughs> <laughs> My claim to fame. And uh, I don't know, Bridget, could you tell why I wanted to have you on this episode? Like, this is almost just like a perfect continuation <laughs> of the last time I was on. Yeah, and I gotta say, this is like, <laughs> like horny Heidi day on Vibrant Visionaries, because there are so... <laughs> many hotties like ah! we've got our Devin Banks aka Will Arnett of course Justin Thoreau there are Justin Thoreau Leslie Anne's friend Justin yeah I think also Heidi I had specifically requested to come back at some like peak Jean Ralphio times and we get his first appearance in this episode. I feel so blessed to be here for that. Yes, we are so blessed with everything. Oh, he's coming in strong. He's <laughs> yeah. got amazing hair game. Uh, tell me about your love of Jean Ralphio. Listen, he has a vibe that I am like, it's like a tractor beam for me. I'm like, what is this like swagger that this person had? Yes, I agree with you. And the hair was definitely banging in this episode. The hair entered the room before Jean Ralphio did. Yeah, I totally get that. And speaking of tractor beam, there's something about Will Arnett too. What are your thoughts on him? I feel like he's like, I don't know, like a sexy, he's <laughs> yeah. got that beautiful deep voice. I love him as Devin Banks, where he's got that preppy hottie thing going, but there's something kind of like dirty and dangerous oh, about no. him too. <laughs> oh, no. I so you would probably know this better than I would like they were still married at the time that this happened right him and Amy Poehler I think so I'm I'm assuming so but I didn't check <laughs> perfect casting choice for this character though Will Arnett yeah perfect casting such an obnoxious character oh my god <laughs> like re-watching it and then re-listening for clips it was just it was almost painful <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, such a jerk Oh, yes. Yes. I totally agree with you. There's like, yeah, he's super hot, but you know that it's like wrong or bad in some kind of way. I was very into that. Very into Will Arnett. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so happy to have you back on for this one. This just seemed absolutely ripe for some uh, insightful Bridget Gelm's goodness. <laughs> We've yeah. got the budding April and Andy romance, all sorts of little I things mean, happening here. Just like the last episode you had me on for, like this one is so special because it's um, setting up a lot of things that become so integral to like the whole the whole show, like for the rest of the time. 
So all that stuff that you mentioned, yeah, like the kind of origin of of April starting to become interested in Andy, but also like one of the things that I really love about Parks and Rec, like sustainably across all of the seasons is the sort of mentor-mentee relationship that April and Ron have. Mm-hmm. And that, and yeah, like we're getting the origin of that. April is actually becoming a full-fledged paid employee <laughs> of the department, <laughs> which is, yeah, really really cool. It was really cool to see the origin of that. Yeah. And another thing that I liked about this, which is sort of an ongoing thing with Andy, is him just sort of breaking out in song. And I think of that as like, oh, yeah, when you're a musical person, you can just definitely just sort of like start singing along to something or just singing along (laughs) or just singing out loud. And the way he was hanging out there in his um, shoe shine zone and <laughs> singing it reminded me of um brian and i have like this running it hasn't come up lately but i remember we had this sort of running thing that we would do every once in a while which was I think based off of a um, family guy which was randy newman singing I'm singing what I'm saying. Hey, look, it's a dog. (laughs) That's every once in a while. You could hear Brian or I say, let's see, I'm singing what I'm seeing. Hey, look, it's a dog. (laughs) Hey, why don't you um, sell your band CDs here? That is a brilliant idea. I cannot believe I didn't think of that. I have been writing a lot of songs about shining shoes lately. I tend to write about what I'm doing. Talking about, writing about what I'm doing. Now I'm singing about, talking about, writing about what I'm doing. I love that. We get both sides of April that like, well, a lot of sides of April because yeah, you're seeing her kind of like light up to Andy and you, you know, she's not doing her curmudgeon her curmudgeon (laughs) the Mm. ron and april curmudgeon show she's not doing her like deadpan thing around him as much she's sort of Mm -hmm. seeing him and and like shining in his his eyes and then she's also being cunning and smart like oh i can stick around Mm -hmm. and spend more time with andy Mm -hmm. if i take this assistant job and then it's a perfect sale her salesmanship of it is so (laughs) low-key and awesome i want to be your assistant really you hate it here so do you i'll make sure you don't have to go to any meetings if anyone comes to see you i'll scare them away wait april if you had to choose between these two ties you're hired and then, yeah, we get some really good Tom Haverford in this episode, too. Mm-hmm. He shows up with his ties. There's like probably like 20 ties in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What it, what's so genius about the writing of this episode, I think, with the with the April Ron stuff is that like clearly you at this point in the show, like you're two seasons in and like clearly you understand that like both of these characters are antisocial in their own ways. Um, but it's never really made super clear exactly how much they overlap in personality because they've done a really good job of like making two like distinct characters that have similar traits, but are bringing different things to the table. But this episode does a nice job of like showing you, Oh, they have these like shared values of like hating talking to people and, (laughs) 
et cetera, et cetera. And here's how those things are going to intersect for the rest of the show. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And they're really two of my favorite characters. And so good. You know, on the podcast and my, I don't know, like I try to always be myself, but I guess my outward persona is probably, you know, pretty bubbly and jolly. But anybody that spent any long periods of time with me knows how I can also be really Ron Swanson-y and really need like <laughs> my personal time and personal space. And I have um, misophonia, so I have a real sensitivity to sound and and also some like visual things. Like if somebody say like jigging their leg or bouncing their leg, mm. like that will drive me nuts. So mm. people who know me and love me <laughs> know that if I like leave the room and go close the door and just like take a nap or listen to a podcast. It's because I need to like exit the space before I can <laughs> totally turn into a, a monster. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I like that. I love, um, I love a good curmudgeon. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Especially a Ron Swanson curmudgeon because there's still a likability there. That's hard to deny. Yeah. And one thing that Ron and April really share, um, although I agree that they're both very fleshed out, unique characters, but one thing they do share is like they say what they mean, they say what they feel. Mm -hmm. And I had to really learn that. Like it was really ingrained in me as a child, you know, to always like to like hedge. Yeah. Just like be, you know, be a good sport. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly there's good things about like being flexible and all that, but there's so much that's important about speaking your mind. And uh, I think especially with women where we can be very programmed, at least in the past, hopefully things are changing. But and I know things are changing because I see how, you know, uh, younger people are leading by better examples. But like, yeah, to be so compromising and be so um, willing to give up yourself for others mm -hmm. that I love how um, April and Ron both just say exactly how they feel exactly or you know exactly what they're thinking and they're just like no compromise this is me you know take me or leave me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. feminist icon Ron Swanson mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> woman of the year <laughs> and speaking of plaques uh, <laughs> like woman of the year there's also one of the things I loved was that there's the the plaque of like employee of the month or whatever it says. Maybe it says cop of the month or something of. Is it Dave? Dave of Dave. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually, Brian had one of those made for Pokey. So Pokey <laughs> is our employee of the month every single month. <laughs> oh, love it. But yeah, I like how, you know, the last time you and I spoke about Parks and Rec, Okay, Louis C.K. is here. He's in the episode, whatever, we'll get over it. And now he's just like safely sequestered into a photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that worked out great for me this time around. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> you stay back there. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather talk about Justin Thoreau than, than Louis C.K. for sure. Yeah, so speaking of Justin Thoreau, that was another reason I was excited to have you on this episode, because I know on your podcast, you talked about a show I still haven't seen yet, but about Heidi. the leftovers. <laughs> oh my God, I'm about to scold you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he's amazing. I mean, one thing I really admire about Justin Thoreau is 
uh, being able to do dramatic stuff and also do comedy stuff and also be like a hot guy. But sometimes he's also a nerdy guy. I don't know. He's so versatile. And I really admire that. Absolutely. Me too. Overall, like what would you say that The Leftovers was like and why why you enjoyed that series? Oh, yeah. Well, many reasons. How much time do we have? Um, (laughs) I'll try to keep my excitement contained. But like, as you know, you know, on our show, we read books and talk about the movie or TV adaptations. And so it was cool because I was a fan of the TV show prior to reading the book. I read the book and it made me really appreciate the TV show even more because it took this like seed of a really interesting idea of what would happen if just like a ton of people just disappeared and we don't know what happened to them or where they went and how does life go on. And it took that idea and it kind of turned up the dial on like the science fiction and like the weird shit that you could sort of explore intellectually with that with that concept. And the show is just fucking weird. So if you're into that kind of thing, <laughs> uh, you'll like it. I, I appreciate a big swing. So I, I really connected. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely on my list of things. I think sometimes I just have to be kind of in the right mood or I can't have too many of those. Like I need sort of stalwart fa- favorites like Parks and Rec that can kind of mm-hmm. keep me feeling happy. And then I can definitely go into dark and weird too. So <laughs> totally. I'm doing that right now with I'm switching between Haunting of Bly Manor and Community. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Yeah, we're just down to the final episode of Bly Manor. We'll probably watch that tonight. Oh, cool. No spoilers. But speaking of spoilers, I did want to spoil one thing. So for those of you listening who are new to Parks and Recreation and don't want to be spoiled, I'm going to ask you to just like not listen for the next 30 seconds to a minute (laughs) because there was one spoily thing I wanted to say. So spoiler alert now, when um, Devin Banks, aka Chris, aka Will Arnett, brings her to get the MRI, he mentions that she could fit triplets in that oven. You never had any kids, right, Leslie? No. You've got a great oven. Okay, time to go. You've got ample room in there. Honestly, if you wanted to, you could go triplets right off the bat, Leslie. You got a big industrial sized oven. So we're done, right? <gasps> Heidi, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah. The foreshadowing. Was that on, do you think that was on purpose or what? I don't know. You know, they're pretty great with the show of like keeping things going, you know, like they spoiler alert will be over now. But yeah, that I mean that happens in, in season seven. She that is what happens. Wow. <laughs> But, My mind um, is absolutely blown. Yeah, yeah. Like there is another prominent thing there that will be there the whole time in the office, which is simply that there's the uh, stuffed raccoon head on the wall. And that's another thing that like it starts and, you know, starts early and then just continues forever. You know, so they do have mm-hmm. a lot of running gags and running themes, which I always think is fun. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that really struck me about this episode was that we're getting more dimensions of Anne and Leslie's relationship, which is such a selling feature of this show. I love I love their relationship, but the stuff we're getting that's new in their relationship, it's it's doing more work than we're probably aware of at this point in the show, but it's just kind of fleshing out more of their dynamic that kind of 
gets further built and shaded out as time goes on. And I really liked that. Yeah, me too. I am definitely appreciating Anne's character a lot more on this rewatch myself. Oh. And and their relationship. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think you're connecting with Anne more on the second time around? I feel like in some of the episodes, she just sort of gets more punchline, relegated to punchline or side character. And mm-hmm. you know, she does get main things, but I don't know. Like, I feel like she's got, yeah, rich character building happening here right now mm-hmm. in front of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The, so this morning I was like, I'm going to just turn on some wet, hot American summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always loved the movie. And then they came out with the first day of camp and 10 years later, I think is what it was. Did, mm-hmm. Are you into those huge fan huge fan huge fan awesome yeah so i was watching one of the episodes from first day of camp and i love them not only because they're just absolutely so ridiculous and (laughs) and like these people these actors are all coming back after you know 10 15 20 however many years later since the original movie but they're playing younger versions of themselves so it's ridiculous (laughs) people are like you know, some people are much chunkier and, you know, have, you know, just look <laughs> like they're people in their 40s and 50s, but they're playing like 16 year olds or, playing, mm-hmm. of course, except Ken Marino, who's like endlessly amazing. And of course, Paul Rudd, who's, you know, um, ageless, but um, <laughs> but it's so fun and goofy. And it reminded me since we were recording today David Wayne, who's one of the main people behind Wet Hot American Summer, and Ken Marino, Paul Rudd, who will eventually be on Parks and Recreation. Ah, uh, yeah. Did you ever watch Wonderlust? Are you a Wonderluster? Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> Justin Theroux is in that too. Isn't, yes. he? Isn't he like a yes. hot weirdo hippie or something in that? Oh, yes. Hot like cult leader. I'm into it. I'm so into it. I got to rewatch it. I think I've watched it like a couple of times, but it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, definitely not for the faint of heart. That's like one of those movies where, well, all of David Wayne's stuff, it's just, it's so absurd and yeah. it's just relentless that like, if you don't like awkward stuff, it's probably not for you. <laughs> yeah. It's a certain kind of awkward that I definitely am on board for but it is yeah. something that i could understand if somebody else was like what is even going on but like i was listening <laughs> i was watching this episode of wet hot american summer first day of camp this morning and like chris pine plays this like, <laughs> tortured lone rocker he's like he's getting he's like having a shit fit in his cabin so he's just like throwing things around and he's like destroying plants and he like take i don't know it's just so ridiculous and over the top but yeah but yeah wonderlust so wonderlust is uh my recommendation of the day if you enjoy things like wet hot american summer <laughs> and parks and recreation this is kind of a a smush of those yeah it really is it's got like the heart but also the the kind of same brand of humor yeah and David Wayne in First Day of Camp, where he plays Yaron, and he's like, <laughs> I'm totally hot for that, too. So this is definitely Horny Heidi Day at Vibrant Visionaries. <laughs> oh, 
so yeah, anything else in particular about this episode or any of the things that happen in it that you wanted to talk about today? I mean, I just would want to talk about Jean Ralphio like all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> we like already touched on him a little bit, but this is just so funny because he's coming in with that like patented Jean Ralphio energy that's like so disarming but at the same time so alarming it's like disarming and alarming at the same time absolutely yes and yeah his body language the way he reaches out and gives you a handshake <laughs> like you know he smells of cologne you know yeah. just the way he yeah. takes over a room the way he sits in a chair the way he just invades Ron's personal space. Like you can yes. tell because afterwards Ron is like, get me the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> and this was such a minor thing. But when Jean Ralphio like reaches out to shake Ron's hand, like the way if you like watch their handshake, it was it's such a small detail, but they do this little business where like Jean Ralphio is clearly like adopting a handshake style that Ron does not respect. And the look on Ron's face is just so priceless. So, Jean Ralphio. You got him right here. Leave a message after the beat. Why do I want you as my assistant? For starters, access to the illest clubs. And that's just for starters. I will work for you. I will be on you 24 seven. I'll be like your family. I'm here when you get here in the morning. Sure enough, I'll be there tucking you into bed at night. Don't worry, it's not gay. Do we have questions? I think our only question is, uh, when can you start? Right now, let's do it. Thank you for coming in. We will talk. Cool, I feel good about this. And you know, you can hit me up on Facebook anytime, day or night, you know that, right? Take care, buddy. Boom. So what do you think of your new assistant? I wanna punch you in the face so bad right now. What? Okay. Message received, I'll keep looking. Thank you. Bring me the opposite of him. Yeah, I kept thinking that Ron looked like a surprised and annoyed owl this whole episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very, a lot of owl qualities to his facial expressions, for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, yeah, and then at the very end, I guess the thing that, that ties it all up is that we've got um, April has the job she's gonna work as ron's assistant oh yeah and then we we had his where he was asking her to post his job listing at her school it just says assistant <laughs> to man low pay <laughs> and it's just typed on the top of a piece of paper and he says Please just be careful with that it's my only copy <laughs> such a characterizing moment like super funny obviously but like also you know it's couched within this whole thing of like ron is all about like not wasting like taxpayer money you know totally <laughs> yeah and then okay what else oh and then Anne. we didn't really talk too much about her and uh, mark brandanowitz but there's mm -hmm. that whole thing where yeah he's like look you obviously you know are into justin mm -hmm. and <laughs> This is rude. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but <laughs> he feels like he's not respected at all. And then um, at the end, you know, she she sets sets Leslie up with Justin and uh, which was really nice yeah, of Anne yeah. to relinquish Justin Thoreau to her friend. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then, yeah. And then uh, she tells Mark what movie he's 
she's going to watch so that he, he can spoil it for her. Because that's what he <laughs> did earlier with Marley and me. Also starring Jennifer Aniston, who's in Wonderlust and becomes Justin's wife at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So many connections. I'm just looking at these pictures from Wonderlust. Oh, man. Key, um, Key and Peel are both in it. People from um, Reno 911 are in it. Yeah, it's a real cavalcade of sketch, improv sketch folk from several different sketch groups. So, yeah. Yeah, super great. (laughs) What's her name? Is it um, Michaela Watkins? Yes. Is so fabulous. That's super underrated. And she she's really funny in that as well. Yeah, she's also in that wet hot American summer uh, first day of camp as well. Oh, my God. I'd completely forgotten that. Wow. Yeah. Ken Marino's character uh, loses his or tries to lose his virginity to her. <laughs> I, I don't I forget if he's successful. I have a feeling he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like wrapping up here. I think we've hit all the major jolly funny points. <laughs> mm-hmm. We did. Um, and thank you so much for coming back to talk about another date related episode. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. Yeah. see one last thought. Do you have any, I mean, they have this really awkward date. Do you have any like awkward date stories that come to mind? Well, the first time my now husband and I ever went out together um he dropped a lit cigarette down my shirt (laughs) (laughs) on accident obviously but um yeah that wasn't the greatest that wasn't the greatest (laughs) how about you anything come to mind well speaking of that it's not quite date related but i do remember sitting in a bar holding a cigarette and looking across the room at a guy that i really always wanted to impress who was like a real hot musician dude and um, I had the cigarette in my hand and I was putting it up to my mouth and I touched the edge of the cigarette with my lip and instead of it like going into my mouth all the way instead it knocked itself down so that I burnt my hand with cigarette so I totally blew my cool because I was like looking right into his eyes from across Ah! the room and I was just like ah oh no oh no that's terrible (laughs) although i do have one date that i i would say it wasn't awkward in the the person that i dated he was a fine gentleman but he had he was visiting from san francisco and i was in sacramento we did have a really fun time and we went to see um ron jeremy do stand-up comedy oh my god and how was ron jeremy at stand-up okay it was more like a spectacle like who's the audience gonna be you know what's the stand-up gonna be yeah yeah oh my god that's great yeah so that was pretty fun (laughs) (laughs) so yeah if anybody wants to share their most awkward or weird or memorable dates with us please let us know email me at coach at HeidiBennett.com. And that's also where you can find out about my creative consulting and coaching for creatives. And of course, all the podcast info is at VibrantVisionaries.com. And then we also have the Patreon there. And I want to remind everybody that I am actually going to be taking a break. So I'm going to have one more episode this year. I'm going to take January and February off from releasing new episodes. So I'll see you back here in March of 2021. 
I've got exciting ideas for the new year for Vibrant Visionaries, and I feel like it's a gift to me and to you if I give myself time not recording Mm -hmm. to spend time working on the podcast and other ideas. And so I will be in the Patreon. I will be in the Discord channel. And so those are the places you can find me. And those are places where we can hang out safely away from social media and the rigors of the world. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, where can people find you, Bridget? So I am at Bridget Gelms. That's B-R-I-D-G-E-T-G-E-L-M-S on Twitter. Although I will warn you, that is where I just tweet my boring stuff about my day job. (laughs) Um, For all stuff related to my podcast, Radaptations, you can find me on Twitter at Radaptations. That's Adaptations, but with an R in the front. And yeah, and you can listen to me on my podcast, Radaptations, where we read books and watch their movie adaptations. We've got some fun. I, Heidi, when is this dropping? When is this, this episode is dropping? going to drop. Not exactly sure when. <laughs> okay, great. Well, in that in that case, oh, this is like very privileged information. I'm debuting this information on your podcast, Heidi. Ooh, hot scoop. Uh, <laughs> our... Um, I mean, I, I guess I don't want to say this for sure because stuff can change. It's a volatile world out there, people, but... Our first title in the new year, I think, is going to be Holes, like the Shia LaBeouf movie Holes. Love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I've always wanted to see it. I was a big fan of his, what was it, Even Steven? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> because it was supposed to be uh, set in Sacramento, even though it obviously wasn't shot in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm like curious to read the book, too, because it's like it's obviously like young adult literature, but apparently it's very much like all about the prison industrial complex and some really kind of heavy social themes. So I'm I'm curious to read it and then revisit the movie, which I haven't seen in like 20 years. Well, it'll be a first watch for me. So a wide variety <laughs> of options from Wonderless to Holes, everybody out there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. And let's wrap this up. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Visionaries. This is none of your business. You don't know what you're talking about. Actually, I do know what I'm talking about. Every time I used to sit around all afternoon playing video games wearing only my slippers, all of a sudden I would start to feel bad about myself. And do you know why? Didn't you just explain why? I would feel bad about myself because I would start to think about this perfect guy. Anytime you would talk about Justin, I didn't feel very important. That was rough. Well, I didn't know that. Maybe if you had, I wouldn't have left. But you do know now, so you have to choose. It's either me or Justin. I'm not gonna choose. Wait, I'm dating Mark. Are you though? Yes! Ah, that close. <laughs>